Truth Espresso, episode 166. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. <sighs> this is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Well, hey there, friends. This is your host, Daniel Minnick. Welcome to Truth Espresso. And I don't know if you can tell by the sound of my voice, but I am getting over uh, something, some cold or something that I caught, but my voice is sounding a little better than it was before. I was barely able to squeak out anything for a few days there, but um, for this episode, I am going to spare my voice a little bit by sharing with you another episode from my friend Andrew Rappaport from the Christian Podcast Community. Um, as you may know, Truth Espresso is a member podcast of the Christian Podcast Community, and Andrew Rappaport runs several podcasts. His primary one is the Rap Report. And Andrew Rappaport is a primary administrator of the Christian Podcast Community. Now, I would like our listeners to pray for Pastor Andrew Rappaport. He's been kind of going through the ringer a little bit recently. You may not know, unless you've been listening to uh, his podcast, The Rap Report, also Apologetics Live is another one that he runs. He's mentioned it there too, and we also, if you listen to Theology Throwdown, the most recent episode of that was how to talk to people on their deathbed, especially those who are unsaved, and I was on that episode for a little bit, but I knew that the reason for that episode episode was uh, near and dear to what Andrew was going through, and his dear mother recently passed, and Andrew was uh, trying to share the gospel with her. She was not someone who professed Christ as her Savior, and would say that only God knows the heart. We don't know what could have been in her heart the moment she passed, but I would ask the listeners of Truth Espresso to pray for Andrew Rappaport, pray for uh, uh, his family, for the peace of God. I know that this is um, very difficult, and he was at the um, recent Shepherds Conference, but he had to leave early to go to a funeral for his departed mother with his family and meet them there, and I, I saw that he has not been able to sleep much recently. Um, in preparation for that, I just know that his heart is very heavy right now, so definitely please pray for Andrew Rappaport. And so this episode, I'm going to uh, share an episode of the Rap Report that Andrew liked me to share. This one was from last year. It aired last July, and it was about a report from June that came from the White House. 
and this report was called the National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism. Now, this episode of the Rap Report is entitled National Strategy for Counterterrorism Against Christians, and it's specifically called that because it is obvious from this report that Christians are targeted, Christians are among those whom the White House would like to target domestically. And so I know that this episode is is kind of a, a political one, and it can sound pretty scary, but I highly encourage you to listen to the whole thing through and listen to the end, because there will be some encouragement at the end there. And so, without further ado, I will play an ad for The Rap Report, and then I will air this special episode of The Rap Report, entitled National Strategy for Counterterrorism Against Christians. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of Scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. You know, happy 4th of July. Sorry that this episode is going to be a scary one for American citizens that actually are patriots and believe in patriotism because well this episode is going to show that those of you who are patriots those of you who who believe in christianity your american government is targeting you we we might need a new independence day coming up soon one two three welcome to the rap report with your host andrew rapaport where we provide biblical interpretation and application this is a ministry of striving for eternity and the christian podcast community for more content or to request a speaker for your church go to strivingforeternity.org all right i am your host andrew rapaport and this is the rap report i am joined by my faithful sidekick bud the wiser how you doing bud Good day, sir. How are you? I like that shirt. You got a nice striving fraternity shirt yeah, on. God exists. He has spoken. That's right. And he does and has. So that's a <laughs> wonderful thing. You know what occurred to me in your opening uh, biblical interpretation and application? That's not what you're planning to do today, actually. You're doing no. domestic policy interpretation and application. Unfortunately, folks, I'm going to tell you, you need to stay tuned to the end of the, this. will be a longer than normal podcast i know that i apologize for that there's just no way i can see getting through as much as what we have for you today uh without without this taking some time Uh, at the end though is going to be crucial and important we're going to be basically going through and looking at how the american government is going to be targeting those of us who want to live by biblical principles and they're going to be targeting us They've laid out a game plan for that. We're going to go through this game plan. Uh, what I, we plan to do today is go through a very lengthy document. It's 30 pages, 32 pages long that the government has put out that uh, is, is called the National Strategy 
for countering domestic terrorism. It sounds good, and when you read through this, you might think it looks good, uh, but I'm going to show you how to read through this. And at the end, what I want to do is give some biblical principles, give some encouragement for Christians, and I want to make sure that we as Christians know who's in control and where things are headed, and so that we are ready for what may be coming our way, or what will be coming our way. I don't even think it's a maybe anymore. Uh, There's a lot going on, and with our country, right now it sure seems like we have a country that we live in that is starting to target Christians and those that are conservative, and they're not even shy about it anymore. They're starting to come right out and and say it more and more, and that's that's what we're going to cover today. So uh, this is going to be one of those episodes that's more about culture and how we as Christians should be thinking about it, but unfortunately to get through this, there's a lot of material that we need to go through so you're aware of it. Okay, so, folks, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. This is but torture. Look, <laughs> but, Andrew, this this is critically important. Um, I mean, Christians, I think largely, at least faithful Christians, recognize the need to be discerning when they're hearing something coming from the pulpit or when they see something in you know the curriculum of their Sunday school class or whatever. We, we need to apply the mind of Christ and use Berean discernment there. But that's not the only place. We also have to do it like men of Issachar with what's going on in our times. How do we understand what's going on and how do we filter everything thing through a biblical worldview? Um, so discernment doesn't stop when you leave the doors of the church. Yeah, and and you're going to see that the things that they list here, and, and folks, if you're going, well, hey, I don't care about politics. This isn't really so much about politics. It really is not political as much as it is this is the culture in which we now live. This is how they're, they're going to let us know exactly how they pl- plan to target us. And it's going to be interesting because as we go through this document, you're going to see there's subtleties they put in here to make it clear who's, who's in their, in their scopes. So, so let's go through this. So this is, this is put out from the White House. Okay. This is, there's two documents that have been out. There was a March 21 assessment. So 2021 and, uh, in March that gave an assessment that brought about this June 15th, uh, basically statement or briefing from um, from the White House. And so it, it is called National Security for Countering Domestic Terrorism, June 21. This is the first time anything like this has been put out, okay? This is a first. And this is something that uh, Biden directed his team to do, uh, to come up with a uh, comprehensive review of domestic terrorism within the first 100 days of his administration, I think they missed that date, but I guess they made it in the March one. But uh, what we end up seeing in this is that they're they're touting this as as a wonderful thing. So let's let's deal with this uh, right from the beginning. I'm going to read what. Well, it's signed by Biden, but it's not. It's one of those you know rubber stamp signatures. I I don't even know if Biden read this. He if he did, he probably doesn't even remember what it said. But he whispered, he whispered his signature. Yeah, he whispered it. <laughs> if you haven't listened to last week's episode, if uh, this is, but this is supposedly Biden's reason for this, and, and so he he says, uh, too often in the past several years, American communities have have felt the wrenching pain of domestic terrorism. Now, how does he define that? Well, he tells us black 
church members slaughtered during Bible study in Charleston. Now, okay, did that happen? Yes. Why does he bring that one up? Because they were black. He emphasized that a black church. What you're going to see missing is the white church that was shot up in Texas. What you're going to see missing is any kind of thing where where you have churches that are, other than this one black church, that's the only time you're going to see that reference, that you're going to see a church as the victim throughout this entire Mm. document, is this one time. And why? Because he mentions black church, okay? Uh, Yet, there's been lots of churches that have been targeted. Now, they do mention a synagogue in Pittsburgh targeted for supporting immigrants. Now, that's very interesting. They, they noted the one synagogue in Pittsburgh that was targeted for supporting immigrants. They didn't mention the black guys that were traveling in, in New York and just shooting uh, Jewish people. They yeah. didn't talk about the, the synagogues that were being burned oh, at the hands of black people. Didn't mention yeah. those. Okay. A gunman spraying bullets at the El Paso Walmart targeting Latinos. See, you see what they end up doing is it's black, it's immigrants, it's Latinos, and they ignore all the others. Uh, but here's what he ends up saying. It goes against everything our country sur- uh, strives to stand in for in the world and poses a direct challenge to the American national security, our democracy, and our u- national unity. This is the thing you're hearing throughout on, on media and everywhere. You're going to see it throughout this document. Our democracy is at stake. Folks, listen, Biden just came out and said, and we said this last week, right, that he has nukes and F-15s and we can't overtake him because he's got nukes and F-15s. We can't we, we can't overturn a tyrannical government. And yet at the same time, January 6th, where there wasn't a single gun, supposedly the whole democracy was at stake. He can't make up his mind. The, the reality is throughout this book, this document, they're going to be laying out a case for that there's this violence, dom- violent domestic terrorism, and that this is challenging our democracy. And that's the reason for all this. Now, when you argue you're challenging democracy, they just pulled off a coup, folks. They, they, they've pulled off a coup without a gunfire. We're going to get to that at the end. But the reality is, like it or not, Biden was legitimately voted as president only because, well, like it or not, the... Electoral College, the way it works, they don't have to actually go with what their state's majority is. They could vote any way they want. Even if the majority was overwhelming for Trump, they could vote for Biden. In fact, for some of those conservatives, you may remember there was a pitch for many of the conservatives saying, look, you know that the the election was stolen, so vote at that for Trump. Now, had all these you know, people in the Electoral College voted for Trump against what the the numbers were saying, would any of the conservatives have been complaining then? No. But so when we look at that, you have to realize Biden is president by the laws of the land because the Electoral College, whether we like it or not. Did he get the majority vote? There's no mathematical way that's possible. (laughs) You know, there there was the, the what you end up seeing right now is the the federal government is trying to make sure that they can continue to steal elections from this time forward. Okay, they pulled off the coup, but they got to keep it going. The next election will be a big one. And what they need to do before the 2022 election is either get this thing passed in Congress that will allow them to steal every election here going forward. In other words, make this a one-party country where they're in control and no one can stop them. Or they need to make sure anyone that would vote conservative 
is out of the picture. And this document is to do exactly that. That's going to be what we're going to go through. Now, now in, in this, Biden writes that in and, and throughout here, there's going to be a couple key words you're going to see throughout this document that I'm going to bring up over and over again. The word violence and non-government partners. We're going to go through that. But Biden ends up saying in this introduction that violence that violates law threatens public safety and infringes on free expression of ideas. You know who is obviously overwhelmingly absent from this entire document, bud? But what, what one group or maybe two groups could you think of that as you read through this, everything in this document applies to and yet they're being supported by the government? Huh? Yeah. Could it be Black Lives Matter and Antifa? I mean, yeah. I mean, in his very opening paragraph, I'm thinking, wait a minute, BLM, Antifa, further on into it, where we're so concerned about, you know, human flourishing and, and personal, you know, livelihood being a lot. I mean, Planned Parenthood, uh, isn't that a problem? No, the, those things fit the narrative. Correct. But a whole lot of other things but don't. When we look at what's been going on for the last 15 months or, or th- Whatever was 13, 15 months of the Black Lives Matter riots, Antifa riots, they have done over $2 billion worth of damage. Murder rate and crime rate in these cities are up in some places 200%. They're they're arguing for defund the police. In fact, I I think it's hysterical that the the democrats can't run away from their own policies fast enough now now they're trying to say it was trump that wanted to defund the but it was the republicans that were defunding what i don't i don't know a single republican that was arguing for defund the police (laughs) but now all of a sudden they were the ones that were that were doing it and pushing this it isn't all the democrats in all the cities now here's the thing that i want you to to think about as we go through this there's they talk about violence and the violence that would affect political views what in the world was black lives matter in fact during the the election if you went to the donation page for antifa you know where you went you went right to joe biden election campaign that's where your money went if you went you clicked on antifa to give them money it went right to joe biden that is to affect a political party that is to push a political agenda and how did they use it they used terrorism blm and Antifa are terrorist organizations, but they are not defined as such here. Why? Well, we're going to get to that because it all comes down to the agenda. Really, the color skin of the agenda, not necessarily the the color skin of the of the protester, but of the agenda. So he ends up Biden ends up saying that the the, the all these factors uh, preventing domestic terrorism and reducing the factors that fuel it demand a multi faceted response across federal government and beyond that beyond is going to be important that beyond is important because what he's going to do is throughout this is it is the justification of illegal activity wait a minute andrew what do you mean illegal activity well there, there's certain things that the federal government is not allowed to do without court order like spying on its own civilians killing their its own civilians uh, get, do, doing things without trial, without giving 
American citizens the right to be able to defend themselves. And what this entire document is, is to basically allow for beyond federal government, in other words, big tech or whoever they want, to be able to spy on you because they can't. The laws prevent them from doing it. So they want to work with people that are going to be able to do what they're legally not allowed to do. With there's, there's restrictions on them. So this is an argument when they say beyond federal government and beyond is to get businesses and the businesses can go well this is our this is just our algorithms our algorithms do this and we're going to show you that this is already happening they say it's happening we're going to give you the evidence in a, in a little bit so stay tuned some of you already have seen the evidence on mm-hmm. your facebook and we'll talk about that yeah so but it's not ju- when they say beyond they even say you know biden even says in here that that it is with our allies and foreign partners. Now think about that. If it's our allies, those are foreign countries we work with. Who are our foreign partners then? Our foreign partners that are not our allies. Huh. Those are not allies, which would be our enemies that are foreigners. Okay, so he's willing to work with people who are not our allies. I mean, why would foreign countries, he's working with foreign countries to be able to spy on American citizens? That could never happen. Really? General Flynn. I mean, that's exactly what happened with him. What, what, what Obama oh, and Biden, he was there, by the way, what they did was to spy on, on Trump and to be able to try to wiretap Trump. They ended up basically making up a whole thing where they went to a foreign intelligence. Then, if you're not familiar with everything that happened with Flynn, basically what they did was they, they found someone that happened to have the same name as someone that was working with Flynn uh, they were, they're working with the, the president, Trump, and that was this guy was in Russia and a banker met at a bank with Russia because he happened to have the same name that allowed them to then say, oh, see, we're not really, you know, listening in, spying in on Trump. We're on this foreign guy. But because he's talking to this guy that's in that's talking to Trump, then we can listen to that guy. They They come up with these foreign reports that that we now know are all made up with the steel dossier that was paid for by hillary all this that was developed so that they could spy on on trump before the the trump election now what's really interesting about that by the way but historically uh, hillary clinton was involved in the investigating watergate what was watergate watergate was where they ended up uh trying to you know nixon was trying to basically spy out his 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 uh, the Democrats to see what they were doing yeah. before the election. And so he, right. they broke in the office and checked that out. Now, the interesting thing was Hillary Clinton in that uh, she was the one who ended up saying that they couldn't find the impeachment documents because the, the impeachment prior to that, you actually had to have evidence of impeachment. And she ended up writing a document of impeachment that superseded any others that just said you had to have the look of impropriety. The irony of history is that that document that Hillary Clinton wrote to try to get Nixon impeached is the very document that impeached her husband. <laughs> Furthermore, what you end up seeing is Hillary did exactly what she was charging Nixon with, yeah. is is paying is paying for a dossier so that they could spy on her competition. Yeah. Okay. Now, Biden says all this project is to unite Americans, and I think it's going to be anything but. So let's go through this document. Let me go through the introduction, and then there's going to be four pillars. I'm going to try to do this quickly, bud. Um, just wave your hand if there's something you need to add. So yeah, I want to. Well, right now, I want to insert something here. 
um, because it it relates to what you just said. This document, this introduction that that Biden um, has given, says that, you know this includes working with our critical partners in state, local, tribal, and territorial government governments, and in civil society, the private sector, academia, and local communities, and then as you noted, as well as with our allies and foreign powers. Um, academia and private sector. This is a broad scale approach. This, this is not something that's just going to come under the auspices of Homeland Security, but it, it reminded me of a quote because I'm a quote guy. You may know that. On yeah, I do. Um, Jay Gresham Machen, who, who valiantly fought, uh, the liberalism primarily within the church, but he made this statement. What is today a matter of academic speculation begins tomorrow to move armies and pull down empires. This is what we're seeing in this document. Uh, you've mentioned BLM. BLM's agenda is a complete political paradigm shift. It is anarchy. They are wanting to establish essentially a new world order, uh, and it is based on on the issue of race. So as you go through this, you know, keep that in mind. These are not new ideas. These have been percolating throughout mainly academia, but certainly within the halls of, you know, those who lust for power. And and what you end up seeing is the, the real insurrection was what was going on in Chop and Chaz, where they they basically said they are their own country. They they said they're no longer the United States. They yeah, took right. over entire city blocks. That's an insurrection, and it was a violent one. You know what ended up happening with that? We have President Vice President Harris who supported paying for people to get out of jail so they could be back on the streets and doing this again. So what you end up seeing is that they actually support the very thing this document says is a problem. Now, now, you you look at this in the instruction. It says, it has over the centuries taken many American lives and spilt much American blood, especially in communities deliberately uh, deliberately and vicaciously targeted by on the basis of hatred and bigotry. After the Civil War, for example, the Ku Klux Klan waged a campaign of terror to intimidate black voters. Um, who was the party of the Ku Klux Klan? Oh, wow. Let me think. Yeah, the Democrats. Uh, who is it that, that was trying to suppress the blacks? The Democrats. Who was it yeah. that was that was voting for the Civil Liberties Act? The Republicans. Which party was was started because they they want the the essential uh, agenda item was ending slavery. The Republicans. Yeah. There was the Whig Party and the Democrat Party, and the Republican Party was founded on the ending of on the abolition of slavery. And somehow they try to say it's the Republicans that are the, the white supremacists. So they, they say the Klan and other white supremacists. That's another thing you're going to see throughout this document, white supremacist. Okay, because they have a strange definition for that. But the Klan and other white supremacists continue to terrorize black Americans. Continue. Now, here's the thing. You do not see lynchings of blacks like you did during the Democrat Klan days. But we do see over and over again right now where blacks are beating up or killing whites and nothing's being done about it. In fact, I have a friend of mine whose pastor's son and associate pastor's son was walking around Portland and they were jumped by eight, uh, eight plus black men, adult men, and, and beaten uh, to a pulp, basically. And the police told him there's nothing they could do about it. Why? 
because it's happening too often that you have black on white crimes, people being killed. They 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 had the guy in New I think it was New York that he killed he he killed a white guy and he he was they have him on video saying I want to kill a white man. It's all his fault. <laughs> okay? So you end up seeing this that they are this is the the clan of today is black lives matter trying to affect political a political goal the irony of it is the the black lives matter of today is pushing for the very party that wanted them to stay enslaved and was the party of the ku klux klan so the democrat party hasn't changed they just changed. They're still using the same terroristic tactics. They just changed which, you know, now they, they were going for the white supremacy. Now they want to go for black supremacy. That's basically what it comes down to. Now, let, let's look at the, the examples they give of this in their introduction. The shooting and killing of 23 people in a retail store in El Paso. We mentioned that. Why did they mention those? They're Latino, so to focus on that. The, the killing of peaceful protesters in Charlottesville. Uh, the shooting and killing of three people in a, in a, uh, festival in Gilroy, three people. Why? Each of these that you see is they they mo- they focus in on color of skin, okay, the racism or, or, or son that pushes the liberal agenda. The arson uh, committed at a mosque. Oh, so it's a mosque. That's, you know, the appalling violence and xenophobia against Asian Americans. Now, now, that's really interesting because we and we've talked about this previously on that on this show that five minutes before that guy goes in and he didn't shoot those those Asians that were at the massage parlor because they were Asian. He was very clear why he did it. He did it because he visited those parlors. He had a, a problem with pornography and obviously was doing other things at those parlors and he was taking it out on them, not because they were Asian, but because of his, his pornography. And so they totally changed the narrative here, but five minutes before that, they were saying Asians have white have white privilege. They're they're you know they don't deserve uh, all this special uh, handling like other minorities. And then right after that, the Democrats went, "Oh, we could use this stop Asian hate." And all of a sudden, this is this is a racial crime. Yeah. Okay, and so the, and and then it's uh, the surge in anti-Semitism. Now, it's interesting because the only anti-Semitism they want to mention is the anti-Semitism that happens of Jewish people that are trying to help immigrants, illegal immigrants. Yeah. They don't have other examples there. No, but they've got to add that in there because that's a significant voting block. For the Democrats, yes. Yeah, for the and, Democrats. And, and so here's here's the real thing, though. And, and look at this next paragraph. Domestic terrorist attacks in the United States also have been committed frequently by those opposing our government institutions. So if you disagree with the government, now, we have been hearing for a year now, with Black Lives Matter has been marching, that they want to tear down the government. In fact, they've been tearing down all the statues, and and the Democrats have been praising that. We should We should allow for that, you know. The, the reality is this is they are supporting the very thing this document attacks. You know, I find it very interesting, but uh, you and I talked about this before we went live. But in Canada right now, which they're a little bit further ahead of us, unfortunately, uh, on this, you have these we have talked about these three pastors where there's been big news of their arrest. There's a lot of police force to arrest them. You have multiple cars. They're, they're dragged out of their house with their crying kids sitting there. I mean, like, you know. And, and by the way, we're glad that Pastor Tim is is free now. But you know, they he, he wasn't resisting at all. 
But they had to, you know, when, when Pastor James Coates was arrested, they had to handcuff him and, and put leg shackles on him. Like he was, he went in to be arrested. He he knew that yeah. they wanted him. He went in. <laughs> you know, it's it's all for to make it look bad. And then what did they have this this weekend or this week when they had their their holiday in Canada? They're tearing down statues of the Queen. No police there at all. Amazing. The police are all concerned as the threat of a pastor preaching on church on Sunday. You know, the the nerve to do that. That's what's coming here, folks. And and to oppose the government institution, that is exactly what Antifa and and Black Lives Matter, that is their agenda. That has been their talking points. They have been very clear about that. They are trained Marxists who want to take down the capitalist system. They are against the American system. They say all of our government institutions are systemically racist and have to be torn down and rebuilt. And yet they're not included in this document. Now, look at the examples we have here. I find these examples really interesting. In 1995, the largest single act of domestic terrorism in U.S. history, and the largest, okay? Remember this, the largest. With a, Okay, just 1995. All right. An anti-government violent extremist detonated a bomb in the Alfred Murray building, a federal building in Oklahoma City, killing how many? 168 people. Now, Bud, I, I, I'm not sure about my math. I, I really i am having trouble, but I think 2001 might be after 1995. And I believe... Not, if you're going by chronology. Yeah. yeah go ahead. I, I believe that the 3,000 people that died in the Twin Towers alone, just there, not counting the Pentagon and the, and the plane that went down, just those 3,000 people, I think 3,000 is more than 168. Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to check my math because um, I believe that was an act of uh, terrorism on domestic soil. And I, I, so when they say the largest act, the, the largest act, by the way, was a guy that was uh, liberal. <laughs> he wasn't a conservative. He hated the government. He, he had very, you know, he was more an Antifa type of guy. I wanted to tear down the entire government. He wasn't conservative. Yeah. Uh, but they play, paint them that way. Then they say in 2016, anti-authority violence extremists ambushed and shot and killed five police officers in Dallas. Um, again, th- those were liberals doing that, the, the, the Democrat Party. In, two, in 2017, a lone government gunman wounded four people at a congressional baseball practice. A lone gunman who was Democrat. Oh, in fact, he even told you why he did it. Bernie Sanders. He believed what Bernie Sanders said, and he said he was he was a Bernie follower, and he was doing it. He who did he? And this is what they neglect here. They don't talk about this stuff when it doesn't fit their narrative. He shot Republicans at a Republican baseball practice, and then this is the key. And just months ago, on January sixth, twenty twenty one, America's witnessed Americans witnessed an unprecedented attack against a core institution of our democracy, the U.S. Congress. See, this is what has started this. And we're going to talk about the March thing because that's where a lot of this is rooted in. But it is all about January 6th. Folks, January 6th was not a riot. It was not an insurrection. It was a peaceful protest. With over 400,000 people that were there, they have, they had Roughly a hundred people that were in, most of them invited in the building. Out of all the people they've arrested, and they're looking to arrest anyone that was even there, they have five hundred people that have been in jail with no trial, no most of them no charges, that have been in solitary confinement 
no due process, which is uh, which is supposed to be given to them, and yet not a single gun has been found. The only violence that was discovered was a police officer shooting an unarmed woman. The police officer that they said died because he was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. They, they later said he was trampled, but the coroner's report reveals he had a stroke. And oh, by the way, there were pictures of him not only inviting the protesters in, but taking pictures with the protesters. That was a peaceful protest, which our constitution allows nothing like what we have had with the two billion plus dollars worth of damage in our cities for over a year by black lives matter and antifa that is a true insurrection that we see what they're doing because they want to overturn the government that is their stated goal what what ended up happening on january 6th was the desire for many people to have an audit to have the ballots audited before that the the vote was confirmed and in fact If you go listen to the Verdict podcast with Ted Cruz, he lays out the timeline. And when you look at that timeline and you look at the timeline of the events that day, you end up seeing what happened on January 6th. And we're going to spend a little bit of time on January 6th because this is so crucial to everything this document is doing because it shows you who they're targeting. What you end up seeing is that that day they were that Ted Cruz and and I think it was 17 others that were planning to soon as Arizona announced that they were that before Arizona when they got up to to give their uh, the their seal of what they how they that they were going to go for Biden there was going to be a a call for an audit a 10 uh, 10 or 14 day audit so that every state would be audited okay now here's the interesting thing just as Arizona got up that's when the Capitol Police said, we got to move. We got to move. Everyone's got to move. That held up the proceedings. And they moved from one place to another place to then a secure location. Interesting because they moved from not right to the secure location. One of the things that happened was they moved. And when you look at the other, the timeline of the events, you have the people that were, and we now know this, that there was Black Lives Matter and Tifa people in the only section of the building where it looked like there was violence going on on that Capitol. And that's the one that the footage everyone sees where they're banging on the doors and people climbing the walls. But here's the interesting thing. You know, that woman that was shot, if you watch that video, there were police officers right behind her. As soon as she's shot and falls to the ground, there's a whole group of people, police officers right there. They give a thumbs up so they know, hey, we're, we're here. Uh, don't be shooting anymore. And then they start taking care of her. The police were there. How violent could it have been? Why were the police doing nothing? In, in fact, Pelosi refused extra police from the Capitol. She refused the extra police, that, the National Guard that Trump wanted. So this was all staged. It was all staged. How do we know? Because what ended up happening was they ended up when they ended up opening the doors because not enough protesters were in there. The police ended up. We have video of them opening the doors and waving people in. And that second time that the Capitol Police moved the Congress, they moved them so that they would see the protesters. What were these violent protesters doing? Taking selfies, taking pictures. They were on a tour of the Capitol. They were invited in by Capitol Police. They didn't think they were doing anything wrong. They were just in getting to see their Capitol building. Now, if the Democrats were so against protesting at Congress, doing so when they're in session, why didn't they complain during Brett Kavanaugh's hearing when protesters made it all the way into the to the hearings to demand that the hearings be stopped? And what you didn't see is anyone crying back then. They, they, they just waited till they left. The, the Capitol Police didn't move everybody. The, the irony is when you look at the timeline, the Capitol Police moved the Congress that first time 
before there was anyone in the Capitol building. So, so you have to understand some folks, this was all a setup. Now, this is all conspiracy theory, by the way, what I'm telling you. They're going to say that's all conspiracy. Remember, they also said it's all conspiracy that the, the, the coronavirus was in a lab. That's now, oh, they did know that. <laughs> Fauci even knew that. Uh, the, the fact that, you know, that it was from a lab was conspiracy. The, the fact that you would say that there was anything, any kind of mishandling of an election, that's conspiracy. Uh, can we talk about New York now? You know, where they, where they had 138 test ballots that were in there for the liberal candidate that just happened to get in there. And because the, the more conservative candidate cried foul, they had to say, okay, we got to throw the whole thing out. Well, I thought we can't say that there's mishandling that goes on in an election. That's conspiracy theory. You, you see, what they do is they want to shut down anyone that disagrees with them. That's what this is all about. And that's what this whole document is going to be about. It, it's, it's going to be about things that they're, they're not dealing with what the real ter- domestic terrorism is. The real domestic terrorism is Black Lives Matter and Antifa. The ones that want to overturn our government system for a Marxist system. And they want to use terror and fear to get you to do that. And, and it is working. Why? They have raised over a billion dollars in money to Black Lives Matter. Now, that goes to paying for $4 million homes for, you know, the, the people that run Black Lives Matter. But you have like 10 to 14 now state, uh, cities or states, Black Lives Matter uh, operations in different states that are suing Black Lives Matter because they're not getting the money promised. It's all just staying at the national organization with the, with the leaders. It's all going toward funding Democrat agendas. You don't see it going toward what, what they're saying it's going to go toward helping black people. And so that's the thing that you end up seeing. They're the real domestic terrorists. But who do they say? Well, you know, this article goes during Reconstruction, the U.S. Department of Justice was created and immediately focused on prosecuting and convicting hundreds of Klan members in connection with their campaign of domestic terrorism. So doesn't that sound good? But now they're using the Department of Justice to protect the very same people that are doing the domestic terrorism today. Now, they, they say in here that this this document they have out is an overarching approach, okay, to deal with domestic terrorism. Domestic the, Today's domestic terrorists espouse and arrange a violent ideology-motivated motivations including racial and ethnic bigotry and hatred as well as anti-government or anti-authority sentiment in other words if you disagree with your government that's going to make you a racist but people that have taken over city streets and claim they are no longer america they are chaz or chop that's not anti-government you see this has blm written all over it but they ignore that they talk about in here that for you know, with, with this, the violence they talk about with guns, and they want to put a stop to that. They say, despite legal prohibition in all 50 states against certain private militia activity, assert a baseless right to take law into their own hands. Um, this is called the Second Amendment. Let, 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 me, let me read to you, because many people don't know the Constitution, bud, so I'm going to read the Second Amendment. The right to bear arms, ratified 1215-1791. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, the, 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 the right to bear arms has nothing to do, bud, with hunting. It has nothing to do with protecting your home. 
it has to do with protection of a militia. And and the thing that I find amazing of this, when the Black Lives Matter, you had all those riots going on, you ended up seeing it. Go watch those videos. And they're walking through the cities with AR-15s carrying open carry in cities where it is illegal to carry open or concealed. And And I watched video after video where they'd interview these people. And they would argue that they are a black militia and they need weapons with high caliber rounds for the explicit purpose of being able to be a militia against the American government. And that was supported by the Democrats. This was, you know, Antifa. And where was Antifa's money going when you donated to him? Biden. Okay. So, so Andrew, are you saying that, that you're trying to say that this document is it gives a pass on black militias and black, you know, uh, do, blacks doing violence. Well, let's read. Among the wide range of ideologies, radically or ethnically motivated violent extremists, principally those who promote the superiority of white race and militia violent extremists are assessed to be presenting the most present uh, and lethal threats. Let's see. Um, black superiority, the, the promotion of black supremacy, has been on the major cities for over a year now, causing over $2 billion worth of damage. And that's not included. It's the white supremacy. I, I, I haven't seen white supremacy being getting this big name, this big, being out there the way it was when they were killing blacks you know, after the Civil War when it was the Klan. I do see Black Lives Matter doing far worse than the Klan. I mean, if you want to do a comparison, go go do the numbers of whites killed during the, by the Klan and people that, or sorry, blacks killed by the Klan. Well, blacks and whites, because the Klan did kill some whites. But the number of people killed by the Klan versus the number of people killed by Black Lives Matter. Now, one of the things when we look at that, there are more people now in America, so that you have to take that in per population. But you end up seeing that the violence has, has gone up way more in the last year and a half. Many factors. One is they're defunding the police. They're arresting police officers doing their job. Uh, they're doing things like that. You, you have the fact that there's uh, it's being encouraged. Uh, the, the, all this, you know, black supremacy. It's being funded. Uh, major all the all the Fortune 500 companies pretty much are donating to Black Lives Matter to help fund this agenda. And the violence, and, and and the irony of this is, in the, throughout this document, they say, you know, we, we need as a well as a well civilized society, you know, we need to we need to be doing this. The, these are to protect, you know, this, this approach that they have is going is going to honor and protect both American security and American values. Well, American values are not that we only allow one side of an argument to speak. But again, they're going to mention that this is going to be a, a plan that's going to be. And, and this is interesting because they say that this is going to be a, 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 a approach that's going to bolster efforts that are not only within the government, as well as civil society and private sector and beyond. Again, th- this is the, the fear that I have. Um, when we say beyond, let me, Bud, for those who are uh, on Patreon, I want to I wanna show something that was sent to me. You, you I think, sent this to me as well. Um, let me get the first one up here. And we have, um, if you can see that, that's uh, this. Is, some people have been seeing this on Facebook. This is from Calla. Callie. It says, Callie, you may have been exposed to harmful extremist uh, content recently. Violent groups try to manipulate your anger and disappointment. 
You can take action now to protect yourself and others. Get support from experts. Spot the signs. Understand the dangers of extremism. And hear from people who, uh, you know, who uh, escape per, uh, escaped but, violent groups. violent groups. I'm trying. I'm trying to find the next one. Let me see if this does. Does that? This isn't going to show up, is it? You don't see this next one, do you? Let me. Let me do this then. Let me close that. I want to share the next one so you could see the next one. Sorry. Um, and then so, some people are seeing this one as well. Um, are you concerned that someone? you know, is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confident, uh, confidential support. How can you, how, uh, how you can help? Hear stories and get involved from those who escaped violent extremist groups. Get support. Okay, so you end up seeing that now. Even you know, Bud, even Gab is getting in on this. I don't know if you no saw way, this on Gab. Really? Yeah, look, look at what it said, what Gab no. has out there. It says, uh, "You may have been exposed to content that hurts your feelings. Informed oh, groups no. try to educate you and make you feel angry and foot stompy." <laughs> You can take action now to protect yourself. Get support from experts. Spot the signs. Understand the dangers to safe spaces. And hear from people who escaped censorship. Their button doesn't say get support. It says grow up. Grow up. (laughs) But but when they're talking about that, this is what Facebook is now doing. Facebook is now part of this. That they're now, and and we're going to see this as we get through this document i said this is going to be a longer episode folks because we're not even halfway through the document but we haven't gotten to the four pillars yet we're still in the introduction but you're going to see facebook is going through this and they're they're saying you you know we've checked you out and you're probably been on the on the list you know but you sent me some of these things uh where you saw it but the reality is is that this even made the news all right so let let me let me share this uh, this is this was from uh, CNN. Just so you see that they're they're in on it. This is CNN business. But let's listen to this if it's going to play. So take this: Is someone you know turning into an extremist? Well, Facebook now asking that exact question of people who use the platform. Check this out: Some of the social sites users here in the U.S. now being served a prompt that asks if they are worried that someone might know uh, might know. You might know, excuse me, may be becoming extremists. And others are being notified that they may have been exposed to extremist content, okay? It's a social media version of those health warnings on a pack of cigarettes. Now, Facebook has come under scrutiny, intense scrutiny, really, from critics for not taking enough action to curtail extremist content on its platform. The company's own independent oversight board even urged the company to investigate the role its platform played in the January 6th insurrection. But extremism is not the only problem for Facebook. Facebook right now. There's a whole lot of misinformation there, too. And the White House chief of staff says that he talked to Facebook's boss, Mark Zuckerberg, about it. Ron Klain tells the New York Times that he raised the issue of COVID vaccine lies on the platform. I think Facebook itself has built a number of tools to help people find vaccines and so on and so forth. But uh, I've told Mark Zuckerberg directly that when we gather groups of people of, uh, who are not vaccinated and we ask them, uh, why aren't you vaccinated? And they tell us things that are wrong, tell us things that are untrue. And we ask them where they've heard that. The most common answer is Facebook. 
Hmm. So Facebook has promised to do better at stopping the flow of misinformation and conspiracy theories, and it's on them now to follow through. Okay, so so you end up seeing there that they're saying very clearly that they think, you know, if you if you vaccination that's the conspiracy theory okay the vaccination that people say doesn't work oh yeah that that's been confirmed now too uh like all these things that were conspiracy theories and their argument why we we couldn't believe these things was because trump said it and trump's just such a liar that we had to lie i mean that's what they're saying (laughs) we had to lie to protect people because trump's such a liar well trump was the one telling the truth and you were the one lying you're the one we shouldn't believe and and so facebook is where everyone hears it well let's see Where's everybody hearing about Black Lives Matter protests and riots where they're happening? Oh, Facebook. That, that's not mentioned. So you see no. that no. you see Facebook is now being used to do the spying that you ended up seeing the Nazis do where people were encouraged. Children through their teachers were encouraged to spy on their families, report their families, report. So what they're going to do is you go to that link to get help. You're going to get identified people that don't think the government's telling the truth, people that you know think that vaccines are a conspiracy if you if you know people like that you should report them then they could build that list of who they're going to go after so they're going to have four strategies let me give you the overview of the strategies okay this strategy is is organized sorry four pillars in the strategy this strategy is organized around four pillars the core elements of how the u.s government will tackle the threat posted by domestic terrorism today first our efforts to understand and share information regarding the full range of domestic terrorism threats that's what we just talked about second are the efforts to prevent domestic terrorists from successful recruiting inciting and mobilizing americans to violence that bud by the way that recruiting um that's going to be called church soon church meetings that's that's what it is in in china and uh, uh sorry in canada sorry china that's a Freudian slip i guess <laughs> that's who's behind all this um yeah yeah okay third are the efforts to deter and disrupt domestic terrorist activity before it yields violence that's going to be interesting what is that? We're going to talk about that. That's that's if you there's a movie I, that that I know of called Minority Report where they try to catch criminals before they actually commit crimes. That's what that is. They they're going to assess that you might become violent, and so they're going to protect by preventing it before it happens. Before you actually do something, they're going to assess you as a terrorist, and then say we're got to prevent it. So that that's going to be they're going to have to disrupt and deter the activity before it, it happens. Huh. That's going to be an interesting one. How do you do that? Um, you do that by profiling. Remember, that's a bad thing that we're not supposed to do. Yeah, oh, profiling yeah. is bad. Yeah. But stereotyping profiling, you have no way of doing this without. And then finally, they say, final, the long term issue that contributes to domestic terrorism in our country must be addressed to ensure the threat that. Uh, diminishes our generations to come. So that's going to be legislative, which is going to be really interesting because that says that everything that's in here has not been legislated, okay? Um, they said they say in here, we cannot and will not ignore the dynamics such as racism and bigotry. That is the thing that is throughout this whole thing. But the definition of racism and bigotry is up for definition because when Black Lives Matter do these very same things based on color of skin based on this stuff, then it's not considered racism or bigotry, okay? And we, we, we see that throughout. Now, when they talk about 
this stuff. I want you to understand something, and I encourage you, go do this search. Now, DuckDuckGo, do it on DuckDuckGo because we don't use Google. Um, because there, folks, Google, if you don't know, has been... I've been watching a ton of Christian sites, and their their number, the traffic is going down. Why? Because Google will not put put up. Matt Slick and I from Carm, we did this experiment. We were talking about it, and Matt said, "Let's try this." And we typed in, "What is the Trinity?" on every search engine out there. On every search engine, his website, Carm, Carm dot org, was the one, two, or three on every web on every search engine except for Google. On Google, it was page three. Prior to him, there was every Wikipedia from every country. It was Wikipedia, Wikipedia Denmark, Wikipedia, you know, Sweden, Wikipedia. <laughs> so there. So do this on DuckDuckGo. Type in Christianity is white supremacy. You will see throughout, I mean, Time Magazine, The New Yorker, Huffington Post, Harvard.edu, okay, MSNBC News, um, American Magazine. The, these are... You know, these are not small goes, things. The, no, it goes on and on. I mean, yeah. there are countless articles. that do, And that Time magazine, just the one you mentioned, it says, um, it, it, here's the title of its article, White Supremacy Runs Deep in White American Christianity. Mm, it does. I didn't know that. And they also, Time also has another article that says, uh, white American Christianity needs to be honest about its history of white supremacy. Yeah. So go back to that pillar four, and I'm looking at it from the fact sheet, the uh, June 15th thing. Okay, and, and so, so gonna, let's, let's bring people up to speed. The, the fact sheet came along with this document, which is a yeah, kind yeah. of a Cliff Notes version, and I'll, I'll link that in the show notes as well so you have it. So if you want to get the skinny on this, not read all 30 pages like Bud and I did, reading through, highlighting, and, you know, like I, I guess here, here's what here's what my notes look like. I should, for, for those that are the Patreons, I'll show them the notes. Oh, mine, yeah, mine too. You know, this is just, this is just, here, here's me writing things. I mean, this is, we, we went through this in detail, um, but the fact sheet is the, is the skinny on it, so we'll, go ahead. Yes, so to summarize what you were reading from the official you know, document, the fact sheet on Pillar 4 says this, confront long-term contributors to domestic terrorism. Every component of the government has to play a role in doing what? Rooting out racism and bigotry. Now, go to the search that you've just heard Andrew talk about, uh, Christianity is white supremacy, and look at this. White supremacy runs deep in Christianity. Um, you don't have to be terribly bright or terribly discerning to see where the trajectory for this kind of thinking and this kind of policy making is ultimately going to point. It's going to point at orthodox evangelical Christianity. Well, it's really interesting because here's the Huffington Post for folks there for Patreons that support us can see. Uh, White this is from Huffington Post. White supremacy yeah. shaped American Christianity. Researcher says, and what's the picture? A picture of a guy that's Antifa. Antifa. Yeah. That, that that's the picture yeah. that they end up using in there. <clears throat> that's the irony of this <clears throat> is they're saying that all that when they say white supremacy, this is basically their code word for Christianity. Now, when we say Christianity. Yeah. You and I, Bud, think Christianity specific, right? We think those that have been converted to Christ, those who who have turned from their sin and turned to Christ, born again. We use terms like this. That is not yeah, what they end up meaning. Again. <clears throat> they refer to Christianity in a, in a broad sense. No, and, it's very monolithic. Yeah, and, and when when we look at this, you know, when you look at it in monolithic, Christianity is the number one targeted group 
around the world for terrorism, for violence. And, and this is, this is what we end up seeing here. And so now, folks, when you say you're Christian, the people you work with, the people in, in the cities, what they're being told is Christianity equals white supremacy. <clears throat> so when you read this document, and it talks about white supremacy throughout. What they mean is, you nasty person who, who believes in Christ. You person who believes in the Bible or want, wants the country to follow biblical principles. You conservative. And what does this do? What, what this ends up doing is very simple. What this does is this makes it really clear that anyone that is conservative, anyone disagreeing with the liberal agenda, you are shut down. You're not going to want to say what you are. You're not going to. That, that's why they were surprised that Trump got so many votes because no one wants to admit it anymore. Why? Because no. their terrorism is working. No, and in part of the notes, just kind of thinking through what this reflects and kind of the engine behind it, what you're looking at is a document, a policy that is driven by essentially the pagan religion that dominates culture right now. And and among the many things that are tenets of that pagan religion is uh, tolerance, and Christianity is viewed as intolerant. Uh, that pagan religion promotes sexual liberty, Oh, my goodness, you, you know Christianity has sexual morality that it adheres to. I mean, we see a lot of waffling and waving on that uh, in broader evangelicalism. But largely the world looks at us as, wow, you're prudes. You know, you're um, sexually unliberated and the world is liberated. But you've got tolerance, you've got sexual liberty. And then the big one right now is race. Mm-hmm. And and all of this is promoting the fact that Christianity Christianity is a racist white man's oppressive religion. That's right. I mean, that's what's behind all this. And and it's a very simple reason why, bud, because we've seen this in in Nazi Germany. We've seen this with, you know, Lenin and and Stalin. We've seen this with, you know, uh, in China with the Boxer Rebellion. We've seen this in Venezuela. One, One of the first group they have to get rid of is the group that has a absolute morality not yeah. a subjective morality because the subjective morality now they can gaslight you and tell you a lie over and over and over and over and over again and that's what gaslighting is <clears throat> gaslighting is when they tell you something that isn't true so often that you start to believe it's true right. like they tell you that there was an insurrection and, a, and an attempt to take over the government on january 6th um a call for an audit is not taking over the government it's a call to verify and why are the why are the democrats so scared of all these re, these audits <clears throat> i mean we've already seen in, in a, we, we now know that i would say biblically darkness hates the light yes well that's true yeah i mean because what you end up seeing with those is right in arizona they they haven't released the records yet uh the report but we do know that they're they're saying the dominion voting machines are being pulled out of every uh, fulton county i mean no they can't use them anymore uh, yeah. the, the, it, or um, I forget which one it is in, in Arizona because I think they did the same thing in, in uh, Georgia as well and so they're, they're starting to realize so they're saying hey we did the audit and one thing that's coming out of it is all the voting machines are being replaced so it tells you there's problems uh, the Supreme Court just ruled that it is okay to ban har- uh, the ballot harvesting that they do and they argued that the reason they have to do that was because of racism and the reason they it was the majority voted the way they did was because there were no signs of racism because this and that's the whole thing that you end up seeing with it is they discovered it's there's not a racist uh issue with voting and voter id and all that but they keep saying it why gaslighting and so what they need to do is they need to silence those 
that won't go along. And and the reality, folks, if you're if you're look, folks, if you're listening still and you're a Black Lives Matter supporter or Antifa or whatever, or you're liberal and you're listening just because you want to see you know how these these crazy whack wackadoos Christians do things. Well, l- let me just explain something to you. You're the one that's going to get hurt the most because when they do get you, you think they're doing all this because they're going to make a better utopia for you by stealing from the rich and giving to you. The reality is when they steal from the rich, when they silence all their their those that disagree with them. You're not going to be able to rise up and do anything. They're going to have control. And just like every other place that this has been tried, once they have control, they're going to stomp you out next. You're just going to become their pawns. You work for them and you keep them with all the riches. And all you're doing is, is empowering them to keep you oppressed even more. If those of you, you know, Black Lives Matter folks, you think you're oppressed now. Go study history. This is why they don't want to stu- teach history in schools. They, they want to teach, you know, all these social issues. The reason being is if you understood history, you would know that the moment they get control, you're silenced. You're going to be oppressed even more. You're going to be struggling for food because that's what they end up doing time and time again. They restrict your food because then you're willing to do anything to eat and you'll obey them. And no, yeah, there become some who fight to try to get food and they usually eliminate them. And so then you're just compliant. And that's how this works over and over and over again. This isn't the first time it's happened in history. I'm going to get to why this, you know, in more detail, why it doesn't happen in America. But primarily the, the short of it is the reason it doesn't happen in America is because our founders knew these things and put protections in. And this document that we're going through is an attempt to override those protections so that they could then force what the our founding fathers tried to prevent so you know we're still in the introduction let me try to get through this part this one part because this is there's a lot in here bud on page eight according to this assessment we're, we haven't gotten to the assessment and i want to spend time on the assessment but according to this assessment one key aspect of today's domestic terrorism threats a threat emerges from Racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and networks whose radical ethnic or religious hatred leads them towards violence, as well as uh, those whom they encourage to take violent action. Now, read what that says. Religious yeah. hatred leads them toward violence. Yeah. Remember, they identify white supremacy with Christianity, Christianity, and this is all white supremacy. So if you're part of a Christian church, then you are a religious hatred that leads toward violence. In other words, yes. you hate LGBT. You, you, oh, you, maybe I'm making it up. Well, let's keep reading then. These actors have different motivations, but many focus their violence toward the same sediment, uh, segment or segments of American community, whether persons of color, immigrants, Jews, Muslims, other religious minorities, women and girls, LGBTQI plus individuals, and others. I don't even know what all the letters are on that, but notice what's missing here. Uh, uh, Immigrants, Jews, Muslims, what religious minorities. What about Christian? Oh, that's not in there. The group that's being targeted the most. Nope, that's not in there. Uh, Women and girls. Really, what about men? No, they never get targeted. No, no, that would never happen. Um, you, you see what ends up happening here. This is there. This is when you talk about critical race theory, which, by the way, the Democrats are running from that one as well. They're saying, "Oh, we don't teach that. We don't support that." They're, they're renaming. I forget what the name is. It's some crazy, like you know, 
uh, socially emotional education or something. <laughs> I forget. But <clears throat> because people are rising up against this stuff, they're recognizing that critical racism theory is racism. It is pushing racism ideas. But they go on to say their insistence on violence. Now, remember, they're, they're saying there was violence at January 6th. That's the whole thing. This, this is referring to the assessment. I'm going to get to what the assessment is. But it's all about January 6th, where you had 400,000 people and less than 20 that they could identify as having anything to do with any kind of violence. 20 out of 400,000. Can Black Lives Matter protests make that argument? Could they make the claim that they had fewer than 20 out of 400,000? They would have a 1,000 people on the streets and hundreds that would be involved in violence and dozens that would die in a single night. And that's not included. So it says their, their insistence on violence can at times be explicit. Now, this becomes important. It can be explicit. Yeah. It can also at times be less explicit, lurking in ideologies rooted in the perception of superiority of the white race that calls for violence in the furtherance of, uh, of perverse and abhorrent notions of radical purity or cleansing. So they say racial, it could be racial purity or so, cleansing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so they they can be implicit is what they're saying. We now when they say this, right? Remember what they say to those of us who say we're not racist that we're blind to our racism. That's it. That's what yeah. critical race theory says. You are you have an inherent you're inherently racist, and if you don't recognize that, that's because of your racism. Yeah. They ignore black racism. That's not included in this. Thus, they're actually promoting the violence that they say that we might promote. And, and see, the fact that it is can be implicit, that it, it, it's just the lurking ideologies, and if you deny that you might get violent, that's the proof that you will get violent. That is what we've been hearing from CRT, okay? And so they say another key component of the threats come from anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremists. In other words, those of us who are against the, the, what is going on with the Biden administration, that makes you a terrorist, Significant component of today's threat includes self-proclaimed militias and militia violent extremists who take steps to violently resist government authority or facilitate the overthrow of the U.S. government based on perceived over or overreach. Now, now, notice that if it's a perceived overreach, <laughs> this is exactly what the Second Amendment was for, folks. This yeah. is exactly what I read to you earlier for the Second Amendment, is to protect the uh, states against government overreach. And they're saying that if you are involved in doing what the Second Amendment has, you, my friend, are a domestic terrorist. So, so this, is, this is all now, it's, it's interesting because they say, so if you, if you have a perceived overreach of government, then if you, you, you have, I like the, this part's interesting, who violently oppose all forms of capitalism, corporate globalization, and government institutions. Uh, who, who is it that's opposing forms of capitalism? Uh, oh, that's right. Black Lives Matter. They're the Marxists that want to end capitalism. Uh, they're against corporate globalization? Well, that is Black Lives Matter, but they get funded by the corporate globalization. And who is yeah. it that we now see is promoting, well, the globalization of the corporations are being, that's what this whole document is to do, is to get the big tech to be doing what they can't do. And so if you're against 
big tech. And we're going to get to that. We're going to explain. They're going to define that a lot more in this. What defines you being against the corporate globalization, going to things like Gab, going to, to things like Signal, going places where, where they can't spy on you, then you're, then you're a terrorist. I mean, they define that throughout this document. Okay. And so you, this is, this right here perfectly describes Black Lives Matter. And yet they're not listed here. This goes against the Second Amendment, which is to protect the government, uh, protect us against the government. Yeah. And so this if you believe in the Second Amendment, you will be a violent extremist, even if you do no violence, because they need to protect against the less implicit, the implicit things, the ideologies that you believe that are you know going to bring you to violence. They know that you will be violent, so they're going to have to take action now. And it's interesting because they say, they also say in here, uh, sovereign citizens, violent extremists who believe they are immune to the government authority and laws. Again, Black Lives Matter? I mean, they're blatantly in front of police officers breaking laws, knowing the police won't do a thing about it anymore in in many of these cities. Okay? Now, it's interesting because they go on to say other domestic terrorists may be motivated to violence by single, uh, uh, by single, Issue ideologies related to abortion, animal rights, environmental, or involuntary uh, celibate violent extremist, as well as other grievances or a combination of ideologies influences. So if you are against abortion, yeah, okay, so here's where I'm going to, I have to be careful, okay? So what you have here, uh, years ago I, I, I used to work uh, I, I used to work for the government, okay? Back under Barack Obama, he made a change. One of the things he did was he made a change in what defined domestic terrorists. <clears throat> now, typically, domestic terrorists were actual terrorist groups that used violence to try to overturn the American system that were against uh, you know, this. And what you ended up seeing in that uh, very often is they would be what we would literally think of as terrorists. Barack Obama changed that on his list of terrorists that I actually saw with my own hands, had in my own hands, was the list of what he considered terrorists. If you were against abortion, any organization that was against abortion was a domestic terrorist organization. If you were against LGBT, you are a domestic terrorist organization. <clears throat> so th- groups like Samaritan's Purse. What does Samaritan's Purse do? They, they, they try to, you know, try to help people in foreign countries to, you know, take care of the needs of people. They go out to try to help those who don't have. They're terrorists because they have Christian values and don't agree with LGBT. This is what they defined as terrorists, okay? Now, when you look at this thing and they mention all these ideologies, it says, in some cases, may develop their own ideology, so this allows for the government to make up anything they want to charge you with terrorism that'll fit their definition. They can make it up. Yeah, I mean, that's an important line in there. Here's what it says. In some cases, individuals may develop their own idiosyncratic justifications for violence that defy ready categorization. Well, what is that telling you? It's telling you we can call you whatever we want to call you. We can identify you however. It doesn't matter if we recognize what particular ideology may have motivated you. If it does not fit our narrative, if it does not fit our agenda, we can classify you that way. And and we can classify you that way the way we want to classify you 
We don't need justification for it. And you don't even need to be violent. That's the whole thing. This is to prevent it. That's, that's, that's the third pillar there. And so they, they talk about lone actors and small groups. But they, they, here's the interesting thing in this. That when they talk about these, they say, and it can, in some instances, connect and intersect with conspiracy theories and other forms of disinformation and misinformation. Often, uh, the often solid, uh, solitary and at times rapid nature of such mobilization to violence pose a particular acute challenge to law enforcement and others seeking to prevent, disrupt, and deter domestic terrorism. Uh, that's Black Lives Matter, by the way. <laughs> right? The reality is, is that this is the same group. I mean, Biden administration is the same administration wanting to defund the police, but but throughout this, they're like, oh, law enforcement, law enforcement. You know, and. Who is it that they say has conspiracy theories and forms of disinformation and misinformation? Well, let's see. Let's talk about COVID. You think it was formed in a lab? That's disinformation. How dare you? That's, oh, wait. No, that was in Fauci's emails. That's, I mean, all these doctors who lost their their practices and were shamed out of work because they had the nerve to say that this doesn't fit the biology. This was in a, in a laboratory. That's what conspiracy theory. No, that's misinformation. Think about all the information that was had to be pulled off. You you have all this stuff. Biden's son. They have his laptop. Ah, that's disinformation. That, that you're, you're, they're they're creating a narrative. This is propaganda, folks. Listen, many of you who who follow this podcast for a long time, you know me. You know I grew up Jewish. You know that I grew up watching a lot of the stuff on that happened with the Holocaust. This is what happened. Propaganda. The propaganda comes, It once they have everything in place, they start the propaganda, so you only hear their side. Everything else is misinformation, disinformation. But here what they do is, if you're promoting the truth, they, they call disinformation, you're a terrorist. They can identify you as a terrorist. And they even say here that especially so, so especially on internet-based communication platforms such as social media, file upload sites, and end-to-end encrypted platforms, all of these elements can combine to amplify threats to public safety. In other words, if you're trying to avoid big tech, you go to something that doesn't let them spy on you, which, by the way, the Fourth Amendment doesn't allow them to do in the first place. They're not allowed to do that. They're not allowed to to spy on American citizens with without a warrant. They're, they have to go through a process, a court system, the FISA court, to make sure that they have a legal right to spy on you. But what are they doing with the big tech? Well, see, they're not doing the spying. They're giving it to big tech. And big yeah. tech is doing that. They're doing – so this is what we end up doing in the – uh, intelligence community. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna come up with. It. You're gonna hear that term again in a moment. But in the intelligence community, what we do when we try to find bad guys is we will end up uh, doing what's called a community of interest. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look at Bud. Bud, some, he's and he'd have to be a foreigner, by the way. This is the way at least it used to work before Barack Obama. Is you you find some you're, you're looking for Saddam Hussein. You're gonna look at Saddam Hussein. You get it. You get access to him. You're gonna look at who he talks to. Well, okay, he, he talks to his mom every Sunday. Okay, we, we note that. He talks to the pizza guy every week because he likes to get some pizza, you know. Uh, then you see who else he talks to. Well, you see these people he talks to infrequently or, or you know, and, and you start to go, okay, let's, let's go check them out and see who they talk to. 
and then see who they talk. And you build a community. Who is it he talks to? Because you end up finding who it is he communicates with, who he's planning things with. That's what they look to do. That is exactly what they're doing, folks. That's what they want big tech to do on you, to build a community of interest, to know that how you may be a threat to the American government, okay? Now, but at this point, we, we've been going for over an hour, and, I'm, and we're, we're probably about halfway through. But we're going to get to a very a very important part next with this March 20, uh, 2021 assessment, and because this becomes the crucial thing. We'll go through the pillars kind of quickly. But as we, we look at this, I mean, you, you I, I know that for some of you, you are like frantic at this. This can drive many people to fear, and that's not what we want to do. And I'm telling you again, stick around to the end. We're going to give hope. But as we get to this point, you may be thinking, how in the world can I sleep at night? Well, bud, I have an answer for that. And you know that answer. It is with those that are supporting us here at this podcast with my pillow, an American made company, by the way, made here in America, I will say. But uh, my pillow is a has wonderful products. I have been a supporter of them long before they supported this show. People who know me, people who travel with me, you can ask Dr. Silvestro or Matt Slick. They know I travel with my MyPillow. Uh, but recently, but I got my MyPillow pat- mattress topper uh, with the with the code, the promo code SFE. I got it for $100 off. You can too. And it is the best. I, I think since my sleep number bed, that has been the best thing for my sleep. Uh, not that I get a lot of it, you know that, but I absolutely love this mattress topper. It it has been the best thing, and I think with the promo code, they're even they're still doing it where you can get two free pillows with the the hundred dollars off. But if if you want to get a great sleep, if this is stressing you out and you're like, I need a good sleep. Go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code SFE. Not only will you be getting a great product, a great pillow, a great night's sleep, you'll be supporting Striving Fraternity and this podcast. Or you could call 1-800-873-0176. That's 1-800-873-0176. That's the number they have for us. And use promo code SFE to get great discounts there. And maybe, bud, you'll be able to sleep after this next segment. (laughs) That's wonderful. <laughs> so let's. I, I want to deal with this assessment now. In in this document, they put the assessment in the middle in blue. It's highlighted. Um, oh wow, what is that book that I just saw you pull up with? Well, I was going to reference it earlier, but I'm like, no, because I just finished. I, I spent about a oh. week and a half going back through this. Which well, why don't you read it for those who are listening on podcast? Like you're showing it to the it's patrons. The <laughs> rise and fall of the Third Reich: A history of Nazi Germany, William Shire. It's the classic sort of history. Uh, How many and, pages is that? Uh, 1,200? 1,200, 1,240. Okay, 1,200. Um, huh. Yeah, so. And that was just your light reading, right? I would read this every evening when I go to bed. Yeah, you know, that's your so light reading before bed. I'd read, <laughs> you know, so it took about a week and a half I went through. Um, but if you don't think the things that are going on right now that are facilitated by the technology that we have that wasn't available uh, in the 1940s and the 1930s, these guys accomplished exactly what Biden has pro- has proposed here. Mm-hmm. Hitler did it. All his cronies, they were able to put this together in a non, at least digitally technical yeah. environment. Um, don't think it can't happen. And this is this is a signal. This whole document. This is where we're going. Yeah. Um, it, it can happen. It has happened, and like you mentioned, it will Andrew, happen. if you don't if you don't know history, you're, you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a quote somebody made. 
Yeah, um, I mean, because the reality is, is that now in the digital world, it is going to be easier for them. So let's, let's go through this sure. this assessment. This is the assessment from March 2021. It's called the Assessment of the Domestic Violent Extremist Threat. Okay? <clears throat> the intelligence community, or IC, assesses that domestic violent extremists, DVEs, who are motivated by a range of ideologies and galvanized by recent political and social events in the United States pose an elevated threat to the homeland in 2021. Enduring DVE motivations uh, pertaining to biases um, against minority populations and perceived government overreach will almost certainly continue to drive DVE radicalization and mobilization to violence now here is the very key this is it newer psycho uh, socio-political developments such as narratives of fraud in the recent general elections the emboldened emboldening impact of violent breach of the u.s capitol conditions related to covid19 pandemic and conspiracy theories promoting violence will almost certainly spur some DEVs to try to engage in violence this year. So this exposes exactly who they think are the threat. If, if you have a brain, you're a threat, <laughs> right? If you look at the numbers and realize, wait a minute, in, in, in the general election of 2020, in the Georgia Senate election, uh, in the New York election, in all these elections, what do we see happening? They stop counting, and then all of a sudden there's a surge for the liberal candidate overnight. When no one's there, no one's supposed to be counting, <clears throat> all of a sudden all these ballots show up and all for one candidate, right? If you believe that that Joe Biden, who can't even get 40 people to attend a rally, somehow got more votes than Barack Obama, uh, you're Barack Obama who filled, the when, when he was inaugurated, filled the, the uh, park there. The National Mall. I mean, it was hundreds of thousands of people, close to a million, filled it. And well, and you but think Andrew Biden Biden couldn't do that? We had COVID, man. Yeah. Well, Trump was able to. Um, I mean, he had hundreds of thousands at his at his. He could. I mean, even if okay, fine. How about looking at online stuff? Trump does a does a speech, and and he gets hundreds of thousands of people watching live and Biden gets tens of thousands. Okay. So there's, it's, it's just, when you look at the math, you look at all, you know, they say if you dare to have a narrative that there was fraud in the election, but it's amazing because they wanted to claim there was fraud when the Democrat lost by only a few votes, right? I mean, the Democrats can say there's fraud, but it's only, but it's only when the Democrats win that that somehow is, is, is terrorism. Um, You know, if you actually believe that the, the violent breach at the u.s capitol what breach there was no violence and they were welcomed in you know it was a staged coup all right that's that's now that well that's your conspiracy theory that again it makes me a, a terrorist um you know conditions related to the covid pandemic wait the numbers are in folks this is about as deadly as the flu uh okay and and people that argue well it's more contagious how do you know when you have a flu you don't go report it you stay home okay so, so the reality is that, that their, their, their assessment of this is that if you are conservative, if you are not going with the status quo of what the Democrats are pushing, you are terrorist. Okay. That, that's basically what the, this is. Okay. And, and they're using the intelligence community in a way that's never been used before. This is, you know, 
Folks, Barack Obama said he wanted to fundamentally change America. And there are two things he did fundamentally that so many people never understood. I've spoken very publicly about one of them, but now I'm going to speak about the other. One thing that Barack Obama did was to use private business to push his political agenda, to get businesses to do what he could not do in government. And and you're seeing that with you're seeing that with Amazon, you're seeing that with Google, you're seeing it with Apple, you're seeing it with all these companies where if you don't push the, the, the Democrat agenda, they're going to silence you. They're doing the, the censoring that the government cannot do. There's another thing that you're seeing in this assessment, and that is that Barack Obama turned the intelligence community from looking at terrorists outside the country, which is what it was designed for, to start looking for them inside the country. So in other words, what we end up seeing is that for years, and you see this, the change between Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and you can even go back to Bush, you end up seeing that they saw that the terrorists were those outside the country attacking us, where the Democrats see the terrorists as those inside the country attacking them. They are against Americans, okay? So what do you see? The, the intelligence community assesses that the U.S. RMVs and, and RMV, I, I guess I should give you that what that stands for, uh, that is a, um, basically RMVs are going to be, um, oh, I'm forgetting the term for it, but it, it's... Well, it's racial, racially, racially motivated, violent yes. extremists. I forgot what the R was off, offhand. Sorry. So, so this is dealing with the if you have the racial component, right? So, so the RMVs who promote the superiority of the white race. What about the RMVs that promote the superiority of the black race, like Black Lives Matter? That's not included. Okay, are the are the DMV actors with the most persistent and concerning transactional connections? Because individuals with similar ideologies and beliefs exist outside the United States. Now, wait a minute. This, they, they have promoted this whole thing of white supremacy being an American thing, and yet now it's connected to individuals outside. Well, there are connections to outside, but it's not on the white side of this. Uh, it, it, it's the Marxists that we end up seeing. Uh, and part of this, the reason this has never worked in America, all this ideology, the Marxism ideology, is simply because of the fact that what you end up having is you, you, America had these checks and balances. And so they have been trying for years to, to promote the rich versus poor. And it didn't work because America didn't have that class system. And that is why they're using the race system to do this. Okay, but throughout this, it's interesting. The IC assesses that DMV, DVs uh, exploit a variety of popular social media platforms, smaller websites with targeted audience and encrypted chat applications, and they to plan and rally support. So, if you're a Christian trying to avoid big tech, that because you don't want to be spied on, that makes you a terrorist. I mean, I'm saying this over and over because it's over and over in this document. Okay, that there's a growing perception of government overreach related to the legal or policy changes. The the fact is, what we've been finding over and over again, these things are been proven that they're they're right. Now, I'm going to I'm going to pick up speed on this, bud, because we are about an hour and a half in and I I want to give a a half hour so so we can give encouragement. Okay, and and for all we know, this may be the last episode we do because we'll be in jail after this because we're terrorists. I mean, just doing this, just doing this is an act of terrorism, according to this document. Just according this to epi- this, it certainly is, yeah. This episode is an, is an act of terrorism, according to them. And, and according to them, they have to stop it before it becomes violent. I, I've never promoted violence, but yet they're going to say that, right? 
because that's the agenda. So they, they say here, um, assessing domestic terrorism, and this is under their approach, domestic, addressing a domestic ter- terrorism effectively, responsibly, and enduringly requires moving swiftly but sustainably, creatively but carefully, decisively but deathfully. So, so they're going to move quickly. They're going to do quickly, creatively, and decisively. But they say they're going to do it to protect our civil liberties and our citizens. <clears throat> and yet, the very, these very things you see are going to go after citizens. And one of the things they end up saying, they, they have all these departments. We have a lot of departments in the government. And these departments are specifically designed to not work together in certain areas to protect us. But what this document does is say that they're all going to be coming together, even the, domestic, the Department of Veteran Affairs, because they want to find how veterans can help or if not they're going to become ter- identified as terrorists okay the strategy demands that the broad broader federal government coordinate and collaborate on programmatic aspects of countering domestic terrorism now, now those those things that they're now wanting to uh, break down were there for reasons and they say in here that they, that they want it with critical partners as well as uh, to, to they say here, sorry, here we will also build a community to address domestic terrorism that extends not only across the federal government but also to critical partners as well as foreign allies and partners, civil society and technology sector, academia and more. Interlocking the communities to contribute information, the federal government can energize connect and empower those communities so they're going to use foreign allies foreign governments to illegally spy the same way they did like on trump right and, and yet trying to protect their privacy they, they say they're doing this they're going to try to they're going to protect our privacy but if you try to do protect your own privacy you're a terrorist by this document the contrast here between the peaceful trump rally that that happened on january 6th and the destruction that blm exposes what this agenda is really about Okay, when when they say here that it is critical that we condemn and confront the domestic terrorism, regardless of particular ideology, what about BLM? They ignore that because they end up saying that there's no distinction based on political views, left or right or center in this. And yet there is because they're they're only looking at white supremacy and not black supremacy, because black supremacy is what is on the rise right now, not white supremacy. I do think there will be an overreaction of white supremacists. There are white supremacists in the country. And I do think that because of this rise of BLM, you're going to see an overreaction on their part. And the media, every time that happens, is going to try to overblow it. But the fact that we don't see it being overblown on media that much tells you it's not happening that much, because the moment that happens, they're going to point it out. And, and that's one of the things that you end up seeing. So, again, they talk about the, over, the overarching goal of this strategy is, to prevent, uh, is the preventing, disrupting, and deterring of that violence. That means that they're going to do it before the violence happens. This is the Minority Report. Go, if you, I, I kind of got a snippet of that movie. I didn't actually watch it. But uh, basically, and I don't know if I should recommend people to watch it because maybe it isn't good. But, but the reality of what that ends up saying is that they, they're, they're looking to try to prevent the crimes before they happen. They're going to prevent violence before it happens. All right. So, but let, let's quickly look at their pillars. Okay. And that's going to bring us to Christchurch as well. Uh, Christchurch, uh, New Zealand, not Christ's church, but um, because there, there's going to be that's going to play into this, uh, what happened there. But the, the pillar one, and we're going to look at their, their pillars and the strategic goal. Okay, I'm going to go through this very quickly. Uh, pillar one 
understand and share domestic terrorism-related information. So their first goal under that is enhance domestic terrorism-related research and analysis. So they, they say they want to understand as they misinterpret conservatives and ignore the actions of BLM. Okay, and that's going to be how they're going to do this research. They're going to research things, uh, and they're going to bring all these organizations within the government together to do it, but the, the separation of those organizations are to protect American privacy. And, and they're trying to remove that while claiming that they're going to protect. This is all, all this is is the propaganda, okay? And, and so they end up, what this is doing uh, is they're, they're going to say maximizing the federal government, uh, federal government's understanding of this particular threat also means supporting and making appropriate use of the anal- analysis performed by entities outside the government and bring to bear revel- relevant expertise and doing so in a structured way that provides a channel for such analysis while also avoiding the bias or improper influence. Thus, doing what the government cannot legally do, they want businesses to do. And the irony of this is they already proven that they have a bias and an influence because they're limiting it to white supremacy. Yeah, on the one hand, they're saying... Don't worry, we're going to enhance all this, and we will see it enhanced. We're going to see this go on in in manifold ways. But on the one hand, they're saying we're going to enhance this. We're going to we're going to control domestic terrorism. But don't worry, it's not going to violate your civil liberties. It's not going to violate Correct. your you know your constitutional rights. Trust us. Trust us, and 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 we won't be biased. But throughout this whole document, they are. Okay, strategic goal 1.2, improve information sharing across all levels within as well as outside the federal government. So this means big tech. You think that what you saw on Facebook just this week with them, we're asking you whether you're, you're, you know, extremists, that's just getting started. Strategic goal 1.3, illuminate transnational aspects of domestic terrorism. This is this basically is they're going to be working with international folks. This is like this is like discussing uh, if you discuss. Well, here, here's the line. Let me put it. Terrorists and, and and their support supporters increasingly connect with other via Internet based communication with each other uh, via Internet based communication platforms, recruiting and encouraging mobilization to violence across international boundaries and point the ideology similar to foreign foreigners as inspiration for their violent acts. In other words, folks, if you've been discussing the arresting, the pastors being arrested in Canada, and remember, the violence, you don't actually have to do violence. You just have to have an ideology that they believe leads to violence, like discussing the Canadians gathering together for church that is so wicked and violent, you, you, my friend, have to be targeted. They they need to work with those foreign powers to, to monitor you, Okay. Now it, it is interesting because they say at the end of, at the end of this one uh, such efforts can be used uh, to counter messages from adversaries who uh, racially motivated uh, ro- motivated violence incidences in America and attempt to erode American credibility. See, racism is, is terrorism, not not those Muslims who are involved in terrorism for years. I mean that's so they're using the Muslims here and then and then they're countering that. So this is the bait and switch they do. Okay, and, and so. When they talk about foreign governments, the questions I ended up asking is, so what foreign government? They're going, they're going to be working on China and Russia? They, that's Because they always say China and Russia is influencing all these elections. Let, let's get to pillar two. Uh, prevent domestic terrorism, recruitment, and mobilization to violence. Folks, this is going to be your church services. I'm telling you. 
Strategic goal number 2.1, strengthen domestic terrorism prevention resources and services. Okay, now this is really interesting because in here they say such prevention efforts must be pursued while safeguarding civil rights and civil liberties, including privacy protections, and while avoiding discrimination, bias, and stereotyping. Mm -hmm. So they rely on profiling to prevent... There's very things. So they, they, you, they, the only way they could do this is to profile. So they're going to go against the Second Amendment in, in, in doing all this, and, but they're going to protect your civil liberties. They cannot avoid discrimination, bias, and stereotyping because that is required to be able to do this. They, they have no other way of doing this because how do you prevent doing this before the action occurs? The only way you could do that is to stereotype discriminate and have a bias they've named that bias throughout this they're making it clear in our society what this bias is so the government will is going to pay companies and organizations that support their agenda through grants that's part of it what this goal is they're going to give grant programs and training to those companies those organizations that will help them in this effort well, now there's going to be big money in big in big companies to do this. And then what they're going to do is to get this out into the public's understanding. That's mass thinking. That's the propaganda that you see in every regime that does this. And they, they say here that we intend to launch a new approach, a new approach, because I guess the old approach of like just telling people the truth and, and having public opinion, that doesn't work. The new approach of uh, agitating, synthesizing, and sorry, aggregating, synthesizing, and publicizing information. Uh, that's basically we're going to create a government uh, news, and, and only our just like in China, only only the state uh, accepted news is, is allowed. Uh, Strategic goal two point two is to address online terrorist recruitment and mobilization by by uh, to violence by domestic terrorists. Remember, they think that the recruitment is encouraging people to a platform that that encrypts your communication, that doesn't let them spy on you. That is what they consider. Okay, these end-to-end pl- these encrypted platforms that are end-to-end encrypted. That's what they consider needing to to deal with in this in this one. So pillar number three. Uh, d- <clears throat> Disrupt and deter domestic terrorism activity. The goal 3.1 is to enable appropriate enhanced investigation and uh, prosecution of domestic terroristic crimes. Uh, now, here is where it gets interesting, because in this one, they talk about the fact that there they that. Well, here's what it says. The, the Department of Justice and Federal Bureau of Investigation are receiving additional resources and support to enhance this effort. The president's fi- fin- uh, fiscal year 2022 budget includes significant additional resources for Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation to ensure that they have uh, analysis, investigators and prosecutors they need to thwart domestic terrorists and do justice. When the law has been broken. But remember, they're saying they need to, the first, the pillar just before this is to prevent the law from being broken. So now they're getting all this. Now, this is the same group, by the way, folks, they're saying defund the police. Okay. And so they say that what are they going to be doing? The Department of of Justice and Federal Bureau of Investigation will be, will uh, sustain the already robust collaboration between counterterrorism investigations and prosecutors uh, and hate crimes. Remember, you as a Christian who, who say that homosexuality is a sin is a hate crime. Therefore, this is essential. We empower the vital non-federal partners to effectively address today's domestic terrorism threat and 
to anticipate tomorrow's evolution of that threat. Who's going to be doing that? Non-federal partners. That's not the government folks. They're going to empower people that don't, that are not bound by the Constitution. They can just say, we're doing this as private business. Our, you can't do anything. This is our, just our algorithms. Okay? And, and so what they're going to do is, is use all this. Now, now let, me, let me go to number uh, goal three, two. Assess potential legislative reforms. The threat poses, opposed by domestic terrorism is an urgent priority. I mean, this is their number one priority. They, they depend on law enforcement for all this while sh- shouting defund the police. So what are they arguing? They're arguing for federal police over local police. I want you to notice that. They want the Department of Justice. They want the FBI. They want to defund local police. There's an inconsistency there. Why? Because they want the police under their control so that they can control them. Folks, since January 6th, we we've have all these states that have sent in their National Guard to protect the Capitol. They're still there, folks. They were there because of the Trump was going to have this rally. And, and, and December 20th, they were going to take over the government. Never happened. And then there was this other date, uh, March something. Never happened. They're still there to protect the Capitol. By the way, they built walls there. Uh, I guess walls do work for, for Democrats. Um, yeah, so so they, they're, they are admitting in this whole thing that, that, that these measures are not law because they're, they're in this goal. They're saying they need to put laws in place to prevent this stuff from happening. So they're saying what this is is not law. They have not gone through the Congress to get it voted and discussed. This is a decision behind closed doors, folks. Goal 3-3, three, three, ensure that screening and vetting process considered full range of terrorism threat. Uh, So the U.S. government is going to uh, create this robust way of determining individuals. uh, I'm going to read this because this is is China. If you know the Chinese merit system, that's what this is, where depending how your your merit score determines where you could work, what you could buy, things like this. The U.S. government has a robust system for determining which individuals seeking sensitive access or employment and which Passengers seeking certain forms of travel require for the safety of others additional security uh, scrutiny. That system has been refined to, collab- to calibrate over time to ensure increased protect civil rights and civil liberties as well as enhance accuracy to the extent that individuals known or suspected terrorists might meet thresholds under that system for additional screening measures or where appropriate exclusion from certain activities that system is being fully utilized folks we're seeing this with vaccines right now if you're not vaccinated they're talking about all these things that you're going to have to pay extra for or you may not be able to do if you don't have the vaccine Because you believe that, well, if you got it, the science says that you're immune and you are not likely to get it again. Folks, right now, the death rate of COVID-19 is 30 people a day. The death rate right now in car accidents is 300 a day. Get a grip, okay? You know, what we end up seeing here is that this is promoting what, what Biden and, by the way, uh, what Obama and, by the way, Biden did by using the the government to spy on Trump. This is what they want to be able to do here is is that they should use the, the NSA to spy on Americans, which is illegal and not allowed. OK, and, and they, they, they are, want to do this. OK, all under this pretense. L- let me get to, to number four. And I, I know, Bud, I didn't get to the Christchurch document or, or the other one yet, oh, but okay. we're going to get there. I'm going to use that to wrap up. So pillar number four, this one doesn't have goals under it, but conform long-term contributors to domestic terrorism. 
Okay, so individuals subscribing to violent ideologies such as violent white supremacy, which is grounded in racial, ethnic, and religious hatred, and the dehumanizing of portions of American communities, as well as violent anti-government ideologies, are responsible for a substantial portion of today's domestic terrorism. Okay, that means that tackling racism in America, it means, this is what they say, it it means protecting Americans from gun violence and mass murders. It means ensuring that we provide early uh, intervention and appropriate care for those who pose a danger to themselves or others. You see all this. Okay, they're 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 saying that you know it's they have in here. This is kind of a comical thing. It means ensuring that there is simply no government tolerance, and instead denouncing and rejection of violence as acceptable mode of seeking political or social change. Yeah. Uh, what have we been hearing for over a year with Black Lives Matter? I mean, we yeah. we, we have we have CNN saying well, what part of protest you know is peaceful. Uh, that's what the Constitution says. You're allowed to peacefully protest. Black Lives Matter has not been peacefully protesting throughout this whole thing. No. Okay. And just earlier, I, I quickly want to mention this. That here's the quote. It also means ensuring that Americans receive the type of civics education that promotes tolerance and respect for all. They're coming after you kids. They've already been. And, and what is kids. that called? Critical race theory. Yeah, but the promotion of tolerance. Well, tolerance, this is a major tenet of the pagan religion that runs the world. Yes. Uh, Christians do not have tolerance. We are narrow thinking people because we have a book that gives us black and white uh, truth. We have objective standards, but the world doesn't have that. But this is what this is going to uh, force on people. That's tolerance, right. Tolerance, tolerance, well, tolerance. But it's but it's a tolerance that's intolerant. It's intolerant well, of you yeah, that disagree with is. their view. And they say yeah. here, and, and and I'm trying to to, to speed. They, I, folks, I, I, there's hope coming. <laughs> there's some some scripture coming. Uh, we are we are therefore prioritizing efforts to ensure that every component of the government has a role to play in rooting out racism and advancing equality for under served communities that have far too often been targeted for discrimination and violence. This approach must apply to our efforts to counter domestic terrorism by addressing underlying racism and bigotry. So that's what this whole thing is about. This is all CRT. This is about rooting out racism and and their view of equality. Remember, their view of equality is not that everyone has a fair shot at the starting line. It's It's a fair shot at the end line, at the goal. Everyone yeah. should have the same end. However, that's impossible because not everyone's going to be president. It's it's an impossible goal. The whole thing of an impossible goal is it never ends. They could say it's never finished. They say that this approach, the the, the approach, their the critical tasks without any they could do this without any racial bias and other biases in strict adherence to the law. And law enforcement can do this and operate without bias. That's impossible because they've already identified their bias throughout this. So when you when you do this, I mean this whole comparison, you compare the non-violent January 6th Trump rally and the year-long riots we had with BLM where the the destruction and mayhem and violence and and criminal activity. This whole document is an attack on those that agree uh, that that disagree with the Marxist coup of the 2020 elections. That's what this is all about. It, it, it's all about this. Now now in pillar 3 they referred to two things. Uh, Christ Church call the, this document the church cr- 
Church Christ call to eliminate terrorism and violent extremism online uh, online content adopted. So they state this document in there. This document is a document what happened in Christchurch, New Zealand. Okay, if you're not familiar with that, you can go look it up. But 51 members of a Muslim community were, were murdered on a, on a live stream on, on March 15th. The reality is, is that was being done. What He had a manifesto that was put out there. It was taken down immediately because this guy was a Marxist. He was yeah. a leftist. And they removed yeah. that part of it. And they want to make it seem like he was a white supremacist. But he wasn't. He was the very people that support what BLM supports, what, what Biden and, and this administration administration supports but this document calls for the government regulation over what you can post on media there's one other document that they mention in there that is very interesting and it is it's a document you can go search for it is the homegrown violence extremist mobilization indicators the 2019 edition this just came out 2019 just came out but in in part of pillar three what they want to do is redo this whole document because this document identifies terrorists that we would think of as terrorists and they make it very clear they want to redo this document why because this document does not talk about white supremacy and ra- racial uh, issues that's what they want to make it all about folks this has been scary i understand but the reality is is that at this point, what I want you to realize is this is what our government is doing. They are, attack, uh, they are going to attack. They are going to target those of us who name the name of Christ. Okay? And, and if you doubt that, uh, let me just – this will be a show we want to do at a future time. Uh, this is another 30-page document that we, we want to talk about, bud. But uh, we may do it on Apologetics Live, but – uh, the, the document is the Secular Democrats of America have put this together, restoring constitutional secularism and patriotic pluralism in the White House. So this has been signed on to by several, several uh, of the Democrats right now that have been pushing it. And, and what, it's interesting because what they refer to throughout this document is the white nationalist movement or other or other, or in other words, the religious right, and they, and what do they say is the problem with it? That it it provides constant cover for white supremacy. Huh. It's anti-democratic and it's anti-scientific. Basically, what you're seeing, folks, is that everything right now is being tied to this idea that everything is going to destroy the democracy if you don't agree with the Marxists. Marxists are not in support of democracy. They are the ones that are against it. Okay, now. So, Bud, let, let, let me let me do this. Let me let us give some hope. Okay, so let, let me go to my Logos Bible software, which, by the way, I, I, I should announce that we're planning uh, a special thing. You, even Bud, you're going to get in. I know you have Logos, so you don't use our, mm-hmm. you know, our, our promo that gets you five free books if you upgrade or get a new version of Logos. But if someone else wants to, you could go to bit.ly/sfe.logos. It's in the show notes. But there is how you can get upgrades. You get discounts there. But we're going to do a presentation. We have a plan, I think, for July 12th is the plan right now. Even if you have Logos, we're going to do a special training with Logos. And we're going to have it on our YouTube channel. We're going to have it on my Facebook. And they're going to give, uh, I think it's 72 hours, they're going to give huge discounts for those who attend that training. So just want you to think about that. Um, But I'm going to turn to my Logos. And I, I want to say, you know, here, how should we think about uh, persecution. Well, you know, this past Sunday I was preaching about the, uh, out of Matthew, uh, Mark 10 uh, with the, the rich young ruler. 
And, and I came across this. It's very interesting that we see uh, in, in the scripture where he, he's talking about what do we have to give up uh, for the sake of Christ? And he's basically saying everything, okay? That's really what it is. Give up, you know, he, Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now and in the in, now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. That, that's Mark ten twenty nine to thirty. Persecutions, all these things that people look for, and he says, what we can look forward to is persecutions. You know, on Wednesday night, some of some folks may be aware that uh, at, at our church, and we're, we're putting it on the Striving for Eternity uh, YouTube channel for now, all, along with my Facebook, but uh, our church, and I have some big news that we'll be announcing soon, but not, we're not ready to announce everything yet, but some big news going on on that front uh, that we'll be announcing in a couple of weeks. So folks, if, uh, if, if, you're, if you're anywhere in the, the Philadelphia area, uh, looking for a church, I'm just going to tell you there, there's going to be some things going on. Uh, reach out to me privately, and I can tell you some of those details, and we'll be announcing them soon. But uh, w- with my church on Wednesday nights, uh, we're going through First Peter. Why? Because it's a book to teach us about uh, how to deal with suffering and persecution. And what he does first is lay out the gospel. He lays a very firm foundation for the gospel. Why? Because it's it's when we have a mindset of that which we're going to inherit, that's what's going to get us through when our own government is going to come after us. That, that's what's going to help us through this, okay, is having this mindset. In fact, that's what, that's what he's going to end up saying in, in this passage. Let me read just First uh, Peter. I'll start at verse 1, verse 10. Uh, as to this salvation, right, that he, he just got done talking about, he, he talks about that. The prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries seeking to know what person and time the Spirit of Christ within them was was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things which have now been announced to you. Though those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which you were in your ignorance, but be like the Holy One who is calling you. Be holy yourselves as in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you will, for you address as father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's works, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. This is the focus of the Christian. Now, I know that we have focused nearly two hours 
on a document that shows that our government is going to be persecuting us, that our government is going to be attacking us and coming after us and targeting us. And for many, they're going to fear. If you are afraid, it could be you're not a Christian. Look, folks, this is the reality. What we as Christians promote is not violence. This is the thing that they misrepresent about us, and they have to to promote their agenda. The only way that they can get their Marxism across is to promote us as the violent ones when they're actually doing the violence. They have to gaslight the entire community of people when they talk about these communities. They have to gaslight them by telling them lies so that they think that the Christians are the victims, are, are the villains. And that they're all the victims of, of this mass attack of Christianity and white supremacy and all this. Folks, the Christian message is simply this, and, and you even see it in here, that our works condemn us to hell. We cannot do enough good to earn our way to heaven. We are criminals in God's sight. We have violated his law. And in such, we deserve an eternal punishment. But God, by his blood, by God becoming a man, made a way of escape that we can have eternal life. We inherit a glorious future. And that's what we look to. And that must be our mindset, that we look to that. And therefore, when they come to us to persecute us, you know what our reaction must be? According to Christ, we turn the other cheek and we share the gospel. That is the solution for the Christian. That's the Christian message, that God died even for those who will persecute us. Because even the persecution is given to us. You, we, we don't often think about that. But if you look at Philippians one twenty eight, we talk about this, this our, our salvation being this gift. And yet we think about that, but when talking about persecution, when Paul is talking about the persecution that the, the Philippians are going through, he says, for it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only that you believe in him, but that you would suffer for his sake. Not only did God grant you your salvation and you praise God for that, but you must thank him for the suffering that we also suffer for his sake, for we will suffer. Many people who name the name of Christ are going to flee. They're going to deny Christ very quickly because they don't want to suffer and they don't want to go through this. I understand that. And the reality is we're going to see who the, the Christians are, the genuine Christians. And you're already seeing with this, with the whole lockdown and, and churches that aren't opening, what we're seeing is which churches, the, the solid churches are growing and, and multiplying. Why? Because people who are in bad churches are suddenly saying, well, I want to meet. I want a fellowship. I want to do church, which is to gather. That's the definition of church. And the, the good churches are starting to grow. May there be a revival? I don't know. I pray there will be. But the way there's going to be a revival is not fighting our government. The way we're going to have a revival is through the gospel. That's the solution. And so with that, folks, I know this wasn't probably the most encouraging, and it was the longest I think we've probably ever done. And I'm sorry about that. We wanted to go through this, but have hope. Hope in our, where we spend eternity. Our hope is in, is in Christ, that inheritance that, that Peter ends up speaking about. And then let me, let me read earlier in Peter, first Peter one to look at this salvation he talks about. Blessed be the God and Father, this is verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith 
for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I hope that encourages you. I hope at least with the ending of this You have hope and encouragement, Christian. But be wise as serpents. Know what's coming. Study the history and know what is about to come upon us. Start memorizing your scripture so that when they throw you in jail and they persecute you, that is what you have. I'm working on memorizing uh, 1 Peter. Why? Because that's one good one to memorize when we're being persecuted. I really want to memorize Hebrews. That's going to be one we're going to go for. But if you want, you can contact me. We're going through this. Go to Contact me at info at strivingforattorney.org. Ask how you can join us in the collaboration of memorizing the, that book with our church. But uh, that's all that I have. But let me give you a, see if there's any last words you want with anything. I know that I was kind of taken over tonight. On a rant, you, but you were preaching for two hours. Look, I just I'll be quick. I just want, and I'm not pulling a red letter here by citing this because Peter, that's excellent. Uh, but I do want to go back to Matthew five, and and this is the Lord in the Beatitudes, very very early in His ministry, and uh, verses ten uh, and eleven and twelve says, "Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And then here's what the Lord says. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We have a great and glorious hope. And these are exciting times to live in, as difficult as they're going to practically be. But we've got that eternal hope, and we do have to share the gospel. We're fighting not flesh, we're fighting ideologies, and, and it's about to get more intense. That's right. And you know what, bud? What's that? That's a wrap. This podcast is part of the Striving for Eternity ministry. For more content, or to request a speaker or seminar to your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. Okay, after that, hold on. I gotta check my blood pressure here. Let's see what this is like. Talking about your all this stuff. Red, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, you know, let's see, what, let's see what the blood pressure is. This will be scary, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Rejoice and be glad. I will rejoice and be glad. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you were informed and enlightened by the rather scary but still highly encouraging uh, information and challenge there from this episode of The Rap Report. And so stay tuned for other episodes of Truth Espresso. And also, I would like to encourage you to check out Andrew Rappaport's The Rap Report and other podcasts by Andrew Rappaport. I will put a link to this episode that originally aired along with a link to the rap report the christian podcast community and definitely check out all that the christian podcast community has to offer at christianpodcastcommunity.org 
And now until next week or the next episode that I just happened to air for Truth Espresso, God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.